I'm Hugh Atchison, and this is Hugh Atchison Stirs the Pot. I taped a Baker's Dozen Plus One episodes, conversations, they say, all over New York during two recent trips. If you haven't heard the first two episodes, they are Tom Coleco Heats Up Leftovers and Carla Hall Finds Soul Food. You should download them and listen. If you're enjoying the show, please rate it and write a review on your podcast app. If you're listening to the show on the Himalaya podcast app, which I highly recommend, you can leave comments or questions on each episode. I will read your comments. I may even mention you in a future episode. I may even respond to your comment like a weird troll. Next week's episode is a laugh riot. Well, you know, it's a funny one. It's with two food people who become borderline comedians when you put them in a room together. That's Aaron Bludorn, who is the chef at Cafe Baloo in New York for Danielle Baloo, and Andrew Knowlton from Bon Appetit. So come back next Tuesday for that. Today's guest, though, is an actual comedian. Um, he's a TV writer, and uh, he's an actor, and his name is John Glazer. He's got a great show on True TV called John Glazer Loves Gear. It's a hybrid of a scripted comedy and a reality TV show about his weird obsession with camping gear and bicycle gear and tennis gear and all things gear. The 10-episode-plus season two is airing now on True TV, and you can watch the 10-episode first season on demand or on the True TV app. We taped a conversation on a chilly night at Luke's Lobster Rolls in Brooklyn, which is one of Glazer's favorite little neighborhood restaurants. Here's that conversation. John Glazer eats a lobster roll. Uh, I am in Brooklyn, New York. I am at Luke's Lobster Bar Place. And uh, I'm hanging out with uh, John Glazer. And John is an actor. And uh, he's a... Would you consider yourself a comedian? Are you funny? I guess so. Okay, good. I'll leave is that, that way, uh, would, you use, would you have that on a business card? Actor slash comedian? Yes. Every time, I always feel like whenever I put like a bio or anything like that, I always it always ends up being like actor slash writer because I do both. I never, I don't do traditional stand-up as far as the comedy the clubs. clubs and all that. There's a lot of, and I always hate the word, the phrase alternative comedy, but there are a lot of places, especially in this neighborhood, there's a couple really good bars, Union Hall, Little Fields, Bell House. I'm, you can't see on the podcast, but I'm pointing. He's pointing north, to where they south, are. west. South, south, northwest, east. So there's some really good bars around here that do really good comedy shows. And I'll do more like, you know, conceptual bits or that concepts or whatever. So, but every time I think about that, I always think about that thing they did on Letterman, the actor singer. Wasn't that like a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I'm a, like a kitchen gnome slash author. I don't, I'd like, I'm a, I'm a chef. I don't know exactly what it is anymore and how to describe it, but back to John's But I do do, yeah, I do mostly do comedy stuff. He does comedy stuff and he's got a show that's currently on true TV, but you can rent it on Amazon and buy it on Amazon. But the season, you can definitely get season one. Season two is airing now on true TV and it is called John Glazer loves gear. Yeah. And you think it's some idea of gear patrol or acquire these websites which focus on EDC. 
and stuff like that, which is everyday carry. I was going to say, what's uh, EDC? EDC. You know, everyday the contents, carry? Everyday carry. It's the contents of your pocket and how cool oh, your uh, knife or your uh, pocket <laughs> knife and key fob are. EDC, um, I like that. There's, yeah, they're acronyms for everything. Is that but, the thing where it's just like, show me what you got? Is that Yeah, basically, concept? and you lay it on your table. And oh, you're I like, like oh, that. that's a brass sippo. And a, uh, so is it like more of a visual ASMR? Yeah, you got to Google it. And then ASMR some, is what, right? Did I get that? It's ASMR, right? Uh, the audios. I don't know what it stands for. You know, like people talk very softly, and I'm going to open this magazine now and like oh the tech is that is it called is that ASMR? Like hacking no 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 it's, it's a thing where people you can there's youtube videos where someone might talk and they talk very softly oh that's and they'll awesome. fold they'll fold towels and now i'm gonna make this crease right here and it's just is it meant to be calming yeah i think that it's the the i i i could be getting this wrong but i think the idea is that you're just very you find it very relaxing to hear the, the tone watched, of someone's voice. I YouTube videos of but people also the folding way, clothes, but yeah. they're speaking normally. But but I did learn how to fold clothes, which I realized that this I've been not, doing wrong for my entire life. Well, this one, the, unless I'm getting an ASMR, unless I'm saying it wrong every time, it's more about the audio, ex, the, the, the oral, I think, A-U-R-A-L experience okay. of listening to it, as opposed to a tutorial I, about how to fold a sheet. You it's don't understand about, me in the deep dive. I'm going back to the hotel <laughs> and deep diving into this. Well, now. I'm going to do e EDC. 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 So John Glazer loves yeah, gear. I'm pulling out my phone to is, email is, myself. Is, it, is a very hilarious show in which John takes you around the place where he lives in Brooklyn and embarks on a crazy quest to acquire gear, much to the chagrin of his wife and entourage and uh john how the hell did a show like this get made like what, what's the pitch on this it's a very solid question it was it was a, actually a very different show when i pitched it. it was way more reality based i didn't think i'd even pitch it to a comedy network i think it's funny because when we were shooting the show especially the first season a lot of people on the crew would talk about their friends would ask them what are you working on Oh, it's a show called John Glazer Loves Gear. What is it? And they had a hard time describing it. Because it is kind of, of... It's kind of a gearhead show that's making fun of gearheads, but not really. I mean, it's, it's difficult a, because it's not really making light of... You're not, you're not pranking anybody, as we already talked about before right. we turned the mics on. But it's definitely a setup of all this gear stuff. But, but, but still, the gear is cool. Well, it's rooted in... It's rooted in truth, which is that I genuinely do love gear, and gear obviously is a very kind of... It's a very broad topic. Very broad topic. It can be... It doesn't have to be sports or athletic. I remember telling a friend of mine uh, about the show. She's a comedy writer, and just the general idea, and her response was, oh my God, I love these Japanese pens, and the, the case that it comes in, and the cartridges that they... And so she... It can be... That would for sure could easily be a topic for the show. You know, just pens and all the stuff that it comes with. And I think that gearhead idea is, is is like it's not just a pencil anymore. It's a black wing, and it's a certain number of black wing pencil. Yes. You know, it's that one of Tuke made by the three fingered man in Brooklyn who collects cat hair from this one bridal of minx cat. 
That's that's kind of that's part of it. It's quest. like nerding out on the details of whatever activity you're into, whether it's camping, whether it's cooking, you know, all like the cool knives. And I love this handle and the way it feels, this particular handle and the shape of it, all those details. It's kind of what is at the <coughs> root of the show. And originally it was a way more reality based idea where I'd go to a company and just kind of nerd out on all the cool stuff they had. And then the comedy components would be more of an afterthought. And then from the pitch to the pilot, to the series, it just kept changing and evolving into a way more scripted comedy show, which still has reality moments. It's a little more of, I hate the word hybrid, but it does have both elements, but it's a more scripted show at this point. Um, but the first one, um, you know, when you did the initial pitch, what, what did you find was the inherent comedy to that? Well, it's, Again, like it was a much different pitch when I pitched it initially. Right, to what I, ended up happening. They really, True TV had, was doing a lot of like reality-based comedy stuff. So I think they really responded to the reality element to it. And it still has that element to it. And then when it changed, they were still really receptive to that. They liked all the changes that it was going through. And they supported all the scripted elements. Um but even at you know even even as a scripted thing, it's still a fake reality show, so it does have that feel to it, which I guess fits more of their network. Um, but thankfully, even even though it was a very vague kind of idea when I pitched it, they still responded to it, and I really liked the the people that I pitched to. They were really cool and smart. And but funny. even in episode one, I mean, part of episode one of the very beginning is the pitch and the quick acceptance of the show as being right. hilarious because you are with Scott? Steve. Steve. Service. Steve, who yeah, is um, the, sidekick. The, the sidekick. The spurt. The, the, which is short for expert, but he, it becomes this The insulting. spurt, which is then spelled S-P-U-R-T. Apostrophe. Apostrophe. Monogrammed on on Steve's shirt. Yes. Spurt. Spurt. Hey, spurt. Which Steve is a very large gentleman with a very broad chest, and he rips off his shirt in the first episode to show that he can take a compound bow and show the intricacies of it and kill something he's a genuine um, and that's all real steve is a genuine like outdoorsman survive sweet guy he's got two kids but he's a survivalist he's done survival camps he sent me photos they live out of the city a little bit he sent me some hilarious photo of just they i believe hunted and killed a deer with his bow and he taught his kids how to you know skin, skin it, it. He sent me a photo of his son holding the heart. I mean, he's a real genuine outdoorsman. Um, you can cook that heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He for sure can. You do that. So, yeah. So, Steve plays the sidekick, and he's hyper fit. Yes, he's hyper fit, but runs into some uh, some issues in the uh, first episode. Um uh, that uh, that are that are very interesting and ends up because your your wife on the show who is not your real wife refuses to be on camera, Correct. so you enlist and cast a absolutely beautiful Icelandic woman named Ava. Uh, Ava is um, uh, how do I skirt around this? Ava's stunning, uh, yes, she and, is. and and uh, and that is not lost on you, but <laughs> it's not lost on Steve either, who on a camping trip has a threesome with um, Steve's wife and Ava, right. uh, much to your chagrin that you, uh, later on it seems like the chagrin was just that you weren't included. <laughs> but, well, yeah, it's this combination of just that I wasn't included, but I also stick to the fact that, you know, I act like Steve had sex with my wife 
and he right, constantly it's... reminded that it's the actress who plays my wife and my whole thing is well for all intents and purposes she's playing my wife in the show so you fuck my wife and I just keep getting mad about that and so yeah it's all these like weird blurred lines and layers which are again all like based in truth with my wife my real wife would probably never want to be on camera I would personally never put my kids on camera. Right. So that's why we have the joke, which is one of my favorite jokes from the whole show, is that the faces the are blurred. You never see their faces. Yeah. Even asking that actress who I'm very old friends with, Miriam Tolan, who plays my wife, I've known her from Chicago Second City days when I lived there and performed and did improv there, and she's so funny. And I almost felt bad when I reached out to say, do you want to do that? We just yeah. offered her the part because she's a friend and she's gonna, hilarious. Yeah, we'll never face, see, we'll never we'll see never your face. We'll never see you, but it's a good gig. She was psyched. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's fun. She's like, yeah, I can just show it's up and look like shit and not who yeah, cares. Yeah, not care. There's no makeup needed. That's, yeah. that's really good. So you are from Chicago? No, I'm from the Detroit suburbs. I was born in Detroit, grew up in this town called Southfield, but I lived in okay. Chicago for about four and a half years. Okay, doing improv, Second City stuff. Did Second City. I always find the genetics of Second City are so Canadian throughout history. And so I, I grasp onto it. Just because of the, the Toronto. Just because of so many people SCTV. through. Yeah, SCTV. SCTV was yeah. the greatest. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Just it's incredible. Amazing. I mean, the, the real birthplace of tons of comedy. Um, there was this, uh, the, it was, I can't remember how long ago. It was maybe like, I don't even know, 20 years ago? It was the 50th anniversary of Second City, and they this, hit this big event where so many people came in and i usually don't get too starstruck but meeting Catherine o'hara was like oh, yeah. a genuine like oh my what god was O'Hara's band oh god she had a music band for like a, a real band i swear she did or Maybe like I'm not a crazy. bit like not a comedy bit on the show no Wow, I don't know. I'm going to have to look up that. But that was maybe wrong on that. Thrilling. And then I got to actually do something with her years later. This adult swim, like Adam Scott did these, they would recreate the opening credits of shows. And they only did maybe a few of them. But I got to do one, which is really fun. And Catherine O'Hara was in it. What was the show? This one was uh, Too Close for Comfort. Oh, right? awesome. Ted yeah. Knight. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was yeah. so fun. Just hanging out with her. And she just couldn't be cooler. No pretense about her. So nice. So down to earth. And just one of the funniest people ever. Oh, that was a genuine, genuine thrill. Oh, my God. That is such history in comedy. So you were, um, I mean, you, your, uh, your resume is it's, uh, littered with beauty. Wow, and, thank you. Uh, because it's got to have... It's a good way to phrase it. Hootie Tang. Hootie uh, Tang was a cool experience. Yeah. I mean, it had Pootie a teeny Tang. tiny little thing in it, but still, just to be well, in Hootie Tang. Hey, you're in... <laughs> I mean, that's something you pass on to the grandkids. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Parks and Rec, you uh, you played Jeremy Jam in seasons four, five and six, four and five. Might have been even five earlier. Five and six. I think it was maybe earlier. Maybe it was earlier. I can't remember exactly, but that was a... What a great time. That what was an amazing cool. cast. Pretty awesome. That show, um, my Beatrice and Clementine, my daughters, uh, I think I've watched every episode of that show about six times and are on the floor laughing over everyone. So, so they already know just, this is the year interview? That yes. This yes, they do. They think it's very cool. And it's good. You're giving me street cred with yeah. the kids, which at 14 and 16, you're about to find out is not easy. Pretty, um, pretty important. Cool dad. Yeah. I like the meats. I use butcherbox.com because I get this amazing, really nice cold pack. 
really properly all beautifully sealed packages of little meat and you get beautiful grass-fed beef and free-range chicken and old-school heritage breed pork and now wild Bristol Bay salmon from Alaska shipping is totally free in 48 states they're all these meats are hormone and antibiotic free and they're just a beautiful beautiful selection to really advance your cooking and advance the meals you're having at home keto diet get on it i mean you don't have to you can do whatever diet you want but you know these are really good things to have and to cook go to butcherbox.com backslash hue to get two free filet mignons some free bacon and $20 off your first box. There's no excuse not to cook well. Trust me, I'm a chef. We are in uh, Brooklyn. You live here. What's good around here? What's good food-wise? What do you love? There's some pretty good food around here. There's, uh, you know, my wife is from San Antonio, but and so Mexican food is pretty. Is there great Mexican food right in Boca? Mm, I mean, for her, no, which right. I understand, because having gone to visit in San Antonio, there's such good just Tex-Mex food and just just incredible yeah. food down but there. The Riverwalk is kind of like Myrtle Beach in. Uh, yeah, don't in the don't. Desert. Yeah, no, you got to get out. Yeah, uh, you got to get out. Riverwalk is fun and all that, but it's no, fun. you have to get out to the outskirts. Yep. There's this place. There's actually some really good food in in San Antonio now. You heard of Teca Molina? Yeah. Oh my yep. God, that just just. I've so heard about. It. I haven't been there, but uh, for sure we filmed some TV there, and there was uh, there's some really cool food around there. If you go to San Antonio, definitely go Teca to Molina. It's so good. Okay. And there's God, I don't know the name of the place. I can find out. We went to this. It just seems like you like a little, just shitty diner. You walk in, and it's just amazing food. Yeah. Oh, so good. But there is a place actually not too far from us called Barrio 408 that's, I think, really good yeah. Mexican food. Amazingly, in Athens, Georgia, we have really good Mexican food. And I think it's because of the agrarian population that goes from farms and stuff like that around there. doesn't seem initially. too surprised. Just because, I guess, because it seems southern, it doesn't yeah, seem too, too I mean, far-fetched. Yeah, everybody thinks the southwest and whatever, right. but, uh, yeah. Um, but there, yeah. It, it, there's good Mexican food in a lot of locales that you wouldn't think there is. But we have this one place that's a Mexican grocery store with a taco store, or a taco shop out front, and it is phenomenal. Someone told me about a taco place in, like, in the back of a deli near where I live. I have yet to go, but that's a place that okay, I have to try. That's a taco place in the back of a Jewish deli. That Not is... a Jewish deli, like a bo- no, no, just a bodega. Just a bodega. Yeah, okay. just like a, a nondescript deli, just a bodega on the corner. And they said if you go to the back, which also there's a Bon Mi place in Manhattan. I don't know the name of it, and I'm not even sure if it's still there. But there was a place in Chinatown, like you go to the back of a jewelry store, and there's this bon me counter just incredible sandwiches kroger the grocery store now <laughs> kroger store. They have a i'm from store detroit now. so i always love it i always love hearing kroger they, they, but they're like walmart now you walk in and there's a jewelry <laughs> store and it's like i'm just trying to get milk i'm not gonna buy grandma a necklace into the kroger <laughs> from my fashion and, and jewels <laughs> because that's where i'm buying that shit it makes no sense um kroger. so what uh what on the right like yeah yeah in the coffee is there great coffee in the hood? Yes, there is. I'm not a real coffee 
snob. snob. I'm not a snob, but I'm an aficionado, which is blue. more than snobby. It's like one level above. Yeah, I, I can't claim to. I don't have a lot of knowledge. That's a gear thing. We could do a whole episode on coffee gear. God, I'm trying to think we did a coffee thing. That would be actually a perfect thing to do. Mostly because of barista culture intertwined with it. But just all oh, the stuff, like all yeah. of like the, the cold brew the things with the tubes, the tubes and, the tubes and the Japanese method and oh, hand grinders, which have to be like, it's work, it's like upper body workout just to get a small cup of coffee out of. But when it's good though, it's like, great. Do they have blue bottle down in they Athens? They do. Or, yeah. Like I, Not have, in Athens or Atlanta, but yeah, I go to them here and in other places, same friend. Pretty delicious. It's great. They just really opened good. one right near my kid's school, which was very smart because you know it's just one of those kids need caffeine too. <laughs> well, it's just you drop your kids to school, and then there's a huge line of all the parents, and it's just delicious. It's expensive. Kids and caffeine. I, 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 this is just a story I remember. I worked in San Francisco for a while, but I remember this line cook. And uh, <laughs> like I turned on the music, um, and I'm um, seeing your producer in. You're you're sitting in the window, and I can see him in the reflection, sprinting back to no dance hall. I'm sure politely asked him to turn it off. Yeah. Well, there's no one in here, so it's fine. So I'm in San Francisco. All due respect. And working years ago. This is like 20 years ago, and uh, one of the line cooks. I'm talking to him. Just you know, it's after the shift for clock. Well, cleaning up, and he's like, "Yeah, my son, my son's in like." He's just crazy these days. And I guess Red Bull had just come out. And Red kid, Bull? Yeah, Red Bull, the caffeinated, super caffeinated taurine energy drink. And, you know. Remember Jolt? They, no, Is that Jolt, still a thing? Jolt was way before. Jolt still exists. That's when I was in it college. Still exists. Double the caffeine of a regular Coke. But our food, by the way. Aren't no, we? It's Shouldn't out. we be We're like hungry. chowing down? We're going to be chowing down very shortly. Is this podcast going to have approach. a lot of chewing noises? Yeah, we can do that. It doesn't matter. So they, they were like, uh, He's like telling me his kid's all wigging out every day, and he's like 10 years old, and he's on a baseball team. And it ends up, he figures out that the kids, the team is sponsored by Red Bull, and the kids just have coolers <laughs> of Red Bull. Really? So his son was drinking like eight Red Bulls oh, during God. a game, which is the equivalent of like having 18 espressos. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. So much so um, that uh, you would you would Thank you. go crazy. Oh, yum. Good. It's lobster. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Very strange. Well, just that they hadn't really done the due diligence and research. So right now we're eating uh, we're eating lobster rolls uh, in a very I don't know what style this is. I was there's the Connecticut style and the Maine style or something like that. Ones with just drawn butter one's like warm. this is, and ones warm, and then ones has mayonnaise in it. So I don't know if this is a hybridized one because it ain't that warm. How's the slaw? Not too bad. I like a very... Poppy seed slaw. Mm-hmm. You is like that, a very... That, I like a more mayo-y. You're into the rich slaw. This is good. It's clean tasting. Pretty I'm, good. This is good. It's mm -hmm. next to godliness. So... You got two kids. Mm -hmm. They are seven and twelve. No, seven and thirteen. Seven and twelve. My daughter's almost seven. Seven. Well, as of this airing, this podcast, she will be seven. Right. As of the recording, she'll be seven next month. Is that a handful? 
Mine are older. It's less of a handful now. They're kind of self-serving. It's not bad. Just they have, they have cars. The oldest one has a oh, car. God, that's so weird to think. No, it's great. Don't have to go take them anywhere. Well, here it's you know my son is can he he can get around on his own. Mm -hmm. He goes to school by himself. Does the bus and the subway, so he can kind of get around. He has yet to really like venture into another borough on right. his own here in New York. Like, or he hasn't told you he has. He's going up to Queens every day, isn't he? That would be great. <laughs> I would love it if I heard that. He, I think he'd be a little nervous about that, but, um, but he can kind of do his own thing, and then my daughter, of course, cannot. But so it's not too bad. We have like there's a wide enough age gap where it's not too much of the same thing. And did you did you envision that in in life that you'd be raising children in New York? Mm. Is that crazy? Or it's, it seems normal. I mean, I walk around Brooklyn and it's like gentrified with whatever baby carriages everywhere. What do they call those? Baby carriages? Is that right? Prams. 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 What do they call those? Baby cars? <laughs> baby cars. Like go karts. So push right? <laughs> what is it? It's stroller. 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 <laughs> baby cart. I have moments like that constantly where I feel like I cannot think of the most basic, basic. word yep. it really freaks me out no it's it, it shouldn't freak you out. it's called getting old i know but i just saw like a, i saw a thing on cnn or whatever some kind of sub headline about this simple neck test will tell you if, if you'll have dementia in 10 years and did you fail well i didn't do it because i felt like well what if i did this <laughs> test do i even want to know then what then i know i'll have dementia i guess it's good to know but then you're just no but what if you just played it off as I can't remember if I did it or not. Oh, God. Because I have dementia. That works for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's all these, you can take them. My dad has Alzheimer's, and you can take a test of whether it's going to prove you're going to have Alzheimer's. It's like, I don't want to go there. Your dad has I, Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. But he's fine. I mean, you know, it's, I think the hardest point is. How old is he? Born in 1940, 78. So seventy nine. Wow. Yeah. Are you? Do you have siblings? Uh, yeah, I've got three older sisters. <laughs> do all sorts of crazy different things. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the hardest part is the descent into some sort of oh, dementia, because when you know, like this guy has got, you know, he's a PhD in economics and he's really uber fit and all this. And I think the demise to that is the most difficult thing because you're like, damn it. You just get mad at yourself. You're like, I know this. What is going on? And then, but he's aware of it. But then you get to sort of some, I think, complacent state with it uh, eventually. But yeah, it's, it's been a little weird. It's weird. But that's the thing. I mean, your parents are still around. My mom's not. She's passed away, but... My mom is my dad passed away two years ago. Two yeah, years. it's two hard. It's like it's it's hard because, I mean, we have to kind of help take care of them now and things like that, which well, is totally always different. Weird. Like, it's always weird. Because I don't live where they are. Yeah. They're still in, well, my, they, my, all my family's in Michigan. When he was, <laughs> was taking a dark turn of just talking about when my dad was dying. Right. Right. That's yeah, but okay. it was just it was we're, just, we're here to talk about life, not about anything in particular. But I yeah, I was flying home once a month and just it was actually right when I 
ironically enough, talking about gear, like the when I was writing the pilot, I remember like being at the hospital. He yeah. Had a seizure, discovered a brain tumor. I flew in, I'm at the hospital. He's just sleeping hat, and I'm just working on this pilot. And yeah, like really, writing about medical gear. <laughs> it really was all during the writing of that show, actually. And then just the, that following year, and it was just in just this, this pretty quick descent into death. In a way, thankfully, that yeah. it was drawn out. Yeah. Because he had a pretty aggressive uh, geoblastoma, I think it's called, wow. aggressive brain tumor. Um, but it was all, that was a weird year. Man, oh, man crazy because just to be trying to like going back and forth trying to come in once a month well you're as also long as you i could got your own family yeah. below you and trying to balance and the infrequency and frequency of what you do and what i do is always like this yeah <laughs> juggle feeling, affair feeling i have a sister she's younger she lives in michigan she's dealing with so much more of it right just trying to go in as much as I can. To help which out. Which never feels like enough, of course. Right. And not even just to help, but also just to, like, see him before he's gone. Yeah. Before he... Not even before he's gone, but because it was a brain thing. Before, before he, he even, like, loses knows, yeah, track of... That was the hardest part, I think, for me, was just, what does he even... Does he even know what's going on? And in some cases, that you could be... You hope he doesn't. And in well, some yeah. cases, you hope he's so focused and remembers when you walk in the room. But yes. You see and smell you and... Yeah. Adore that you're there, but yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, the most fearful day is when he's like, I don't even know who you are. Very strange. Ooh. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, but whatever. He, it, yeah, thankfully went relatively quickly, which is a blessing in a way. And it was just rough to watch. Oh, just yeah, oh. that stuff <laughs> just, is just just shitty, awful. Well, back to the show. God damn, what the hell? <laughs> back to this lobster roll. God damn it, it's good. <laughs> We're both crying over lobster rolls. Uh, I eat like 10 times as fast as you, but that's okay. I learned to eat in fine dining kitchens where you're given about two minutes say, to eat. You blew through that thing. Well, you're given like two minutes to eat because you just got to get back to work. Right. And you do it. And uh, I have done a fair bit of TV, so I realized you do get ample amounts of time to sit around doing absolutely nothing. Getting fed. Uh, the old, what's it called? What's the uh, food area called? The craft services? Yeah, crafty. Of a TV set? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that can be really, really shitty or really good. Yeah, it's, it's a low budget show. It's shitty. like, yeah, whatever. If, it's, if you're working on a bigger budget show, I've seen some really good ones. Yeah. Usually it's like Fresh squeezed juices. Yeah, it's a, yeah. mostly just crappy snacks and. Yeah. But man, the big budget shows, they have some nice ones. Yeah. I wear glasses. You can call me four eyes, but I'm very stylish. Also, I cannot read without the glasses. Therefore, I do not care what you think, but I think they're stylish because they're Warby Parker's. And Warby Parker makes really nice glasses, starting at $95, including prescription lenses. Free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses, try them on for five days, and they're no obligation to buy. Ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Head to warbyparker.com backslash Hugh, H-U-G-H, to order your free home try-ons today. The home try-on kit's amazing. It's fun, it's interesting, and you send them back 
the ones you don't want. You can also, if you've got an iPhone X, you can download the Warby Parker app and you can use the brand new virtual try-on, allowing you to try on glasses, seeing the realistic color, texture, and size of each style using just your phone. Glasses are not an accessory to me. They're a, well, they're a needed thing. They give me an advantage of reading the fine print. That is pretty important. But they are also stylish, and therefore they do somewhat fall into the accessory category. But they are much cooler than a hat, a necktie, a kerchief, a bolo tie, or one of those clip-on ties. Much cooler. Best accessory ever. Go to warbyparker.com backslash Hugh, H-U-G-H. The podcast world is growing bigger and bigger every day, and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future phase as well. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya's got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and we're adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Hugh Atchison Stirs the Pot once you're there. So what are you working on now? You just got the, the that second season of Gear wrapped up a while back, but it's finally airing. So what are you working on now? Now just trying to figure out what's next and working on a few different ideas and trying to get stuff in shape to pitch. Are you currently writing? Yes. You know, not for money. It's not a job, but I'm just trying to, you know, working on a couple ideas that will eventually go pitch. So... I write a lot, but it's all about food and whatnot, and uh, the rigmarole of writing I find is difficult to fit into the day. I find it so easy to suddenly want to organize your sock drawer Well, when you're writing. Then you got to get out of the house. I know, but then I'm writing at home. Then I'm organizing the park bench and uh, (laughs) cleaning it, or (laughs) subway station. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but there's always something. (laughs) Well, I try. There's, I have like these friends that I work with have an office, and I'll go there to write whenever I can. But if I'm writing at home, even if my wife is away and my kids are in school, I still feel like I'm distracted by being at home. By uh, like just what you're saying. Just well, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this, and then it's so easy to just take a break from. Like, even this morning, I went for a run, came home, was watching stuff online. It took me forever to even just take a shower. It wasn't like, okay, I ran, I got a shower, get to work. It's just so many distractions, and it's easy. And then all of a sudden, I've gotten nothing done, and I got to go get my daughter from school today. And it's all, like, petty complaints, of course, but I'm very fortunate to be in that position. Uh, petty complaints, it's life. I know. But we all have something to complain about, trust me. But, yeah. Yeah, so that's currently what's going on, is just kind of, in that mode of figuring out what's next, which is always weird. Yeah. But deal. And I was also like starting to do stuff like this, where it's getting ready for the gear show to air. Like now it'll be in a couple months. And so starting to do a lot of promo stuff, which is fun. So the gear shows are all kind of single topics of gear, not to simplify it. Um, 
But what what a sort of assemblage of gear, whether it be camping or fishing or whatever, which was the most interesting to you from a purely like, not that I'm labeling you, gearhead standpoint? Hmm. Like was it the cycling stuff? And did they get let you keep this shit? Some stuff I get to keep. You get to keep the is, bike? Which is, of course, the bike I got to keep. With that was the, uh, his and? That was actually, <laughs> I have to say, our our uh, production, our art department. You have to watch the show to realize that, but yeah. Yeah, we had this joke where I got, or not even a joke, one of this, this, the cycling episode where I get a custom frame made. I almost felt bad, like, writing that into a script where John gets a custom frame <laughs> built for himself. And it was a thing where, at first, I just was joking that, God, I got, like, this free bike. Like, basically, I got the network as part of the budget to pay for this custom bike <laughs> frame. And then someone pointed out that I actually got paid to get a custom, custom bike, bike for free. Yes, because I it's, it wasn't even free. I got, because I'm getting paid to make the show. Right. But it was... You know, it's it's a great bike. It's so nice. It wasn't truly just the ultimate custom bike because we were still bound by a budget. So right. I couldn't go crazy with components and get like the most top of the line stuff because we couldn't afford that kind of bike. And it was already expensive because it's a custom frame. And we were limited by certain colors and design elements. So it's not this crazy like custom bike. orange? It ended up being this like creamsicle okay, kind of orange, right, and yeah. I had envisioned more of a dark orange. And so, but I still love it. It's a great bike. It's fun to ride. What, what was the company? Horse. It's called Horse. This and guy I'm here, Tom, based in Brooklyn. Yeah, Tom Callahan, and he makes really nice bikes. It's a beautiful looking bike in the episode. Yeah, you can even go look him up on like Instagram. His stuff yeah. is awesome. He makes sweet bikes. I I, I am kind of a gearhead. I, I you know I just like stuff. Stuff that's like really well designed and has a purpose and oh, is yeah. really thought through, but um, but but you know I'm not the gearhead who collects like eclectic sneakers. That seems like ten years younger than me. Depends on the person. I know people older. Just like, but that's easily yeah. That could be an episode of the show about all my shoes. Oh God, yeah. But even there's a joke in the first season where my <coughs> my wife again played by an actress. You know, or we have this argument about me coming home and, you know, me saying, yeah, I got all my gear and all my all my cool shit. She says, yeah, my like my shoes and my, my bags. My, yeah, my shoes and my bags. You mean my gear? Yeah. <laughs> and I say, not the same thing. And we get then it's just. But it's true. It is. True, it's true. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the number of baseball hats I have, and you know, oh my god, I have so many hats. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah, I mean, I bought this hat today because my head was cold in New York. It's a good hat, though. It's a good hat. Who makes that? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out, check out that label. Uh, Bickley and Mitchell. Never heard of them. Well, good looking hat, though. It's, it's a rare Bickley and Mitchell. <laughs> One Bickley of. And Mitchell. I bought a Brooklyn Industries on a sale rack. All right. So it wasn't really sourcing that one like too too well. It's okay. Yeah. What else is cool in the gear world? What what was the fishing episode? I didn't watch the fishing episode. Was it fun? Did you catch anything? The fishing episode was very fun. It's more of a dr- it's bec- it's a dream episode. Right. It's really one of the more enjoyable episodes. I would highly recommend watching. Did you ever it. watch Fishing with John? I never. Wa- I know what the show is, but I never saw it. You should definitely watch Fishing. Heard with it was John. good. John Lurie from the Lounge Lizards. Yeah. Brooklyn icon of art. Very interesting man. Like Tom Waits and Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, he was in... um, Willem Dafoe, right? 
Yeah, but he played. He was in a. He was in Down by Law with Tom Waits and uh, Roberto Benigni. Also, wasn't he in? No, he was not in. Was it Stranger Than Paradise? I'm I think he was. Yeah, he was in Stranger Than was, Paradise oh, yeah, he as was, well. Yes, he was. His, God, he was the main that other guy's name. Oh, oh, yeah, that one's gonna blank. This is me. terrible. He's so that movie's great. I love that movie so. Yeah, much. so is Down by Law. I mean, Down by Law when Roberto Benigni is singing along with the ice cream song, "Ice Cream, Ice Cream, We All Scream for Ice Cream in the Cell." It's absolutely hilarious. It's a beautiful. That, that, that's all. all those are all Jim Jarmusch yeah. stuff. You ever see Ghost Dog? Yes, Ghost Dog was. Oh, Ghost Dog is amazing. That movie is so. Hey, who was in uh, Stranger Than Paradise as a lead? The other guy, not not uh, John Lurie. God, I hate uh, not knowing his name. Uh, Esther Boland, Richard Edson. Richard Edson. Richard Edson. Is it Edson? Yeah. Man, he's yeah. so good in that. Yeah, that guy's great. He was doing the right thing. Man. He was the other brother. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. These are all New York movies, too. That's crazy. True TV. What other big shows do they have? Their big show is Impractical Jokers. Oh, with the four guys always sort of pranking each other to do something with the little hidden microphones and go and pinch your butt or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. That's their... That's their big hit, so... Well, you've already raised the intelligence level profoundly, then, on the whole network. <laughs> all good. due respect, all, all due respect. respect. Uh, I, had, I had a hidden microphone. I told, I told myself to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah. they... Uh, but they're, they're trying to make shows with really good people now. Yeah. And listen, yeah. Those, I don't watch... I haven't seen a lot of Impractical Jokers, but sometimes it's really funny... Those guys are super nice guys. No, I know they're super nice, and there's I, they are super funny. I was just making light. But what they do do is it's one of those magical shows that you know it's good when I have to change the channel because I feel so uncomfortable with what's about to happen because it's so embarrassing sometimes. And it's yes. just like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't watch this. So. Well, it's not always for me, just to be perfectly honest, but there have been times when I watch it, I'm like, that was pretty funny. Yeah. And they have that. Have you seen the Carbonaro effect is on that? Yes. With the magician, yeah. he's really good. And yeah. sometimes that stuff, I just, the people's reactions just kills me. What? Just the faces people make when they're just like, can't believe what they're seeing. Yeah. They did a show with Amy Sedaris. And oh, really? To me, yeah. And she's, you know, to me, one of the funniest people ever. Yeah, no. Um, Amy is, yeah. Amy and her brother are two of the funniest humans yeah. on the entire planet in so many ways. So. Did a show with her and there's, Yeah. That's great. Well, people who listen to this, go watch John Glazer Loves Gear because it's a really funny show that's gone now on True TV. So go and watch it. John, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I agree. Well, I have a lot of similar interests in this world. Yeah. Once Raise you, those kids well. Thank you. I'm yeah. trying my best. Never has. That's all you can do as a parent, right? That's all you can do. <laughs> Try your best. It's kind of a roll of the dice sometimes. <laughs> Pretty too. It's a roll of the dice both ways. It is. Can't it choose is. your parents. Can't choose your kids. No. Just do your no. best. Just do your best. Do your best. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, this episode of Hugh Atchison Stirs the Pot was taped on location in Brooklyn, New York. Scott Porch produces the show for Himalaya Media with field recording by Brian Blum, sound design by Alex Ramsey, and editing by Brendan Lynch-Solomon and Mackenzie Mazel. Please follow Hugh Atchison Stirs the Pot on Apple Podcasts, the Himalaya app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If you like what you hear, rate and review on your podcast app and come back on Tuesdays for new episodes. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Hugh Atchison. Sometimes you can just see me walking down the street. Don't make it weird. Just talk to me like normal human because I'm a normal human. Okay, bye. See you Tuesday.